0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fifth episode of Octane One podcast. I am Saiyan
1: And I am Akshay. And in this episode, we are going to talk about the challenges with mass adoption of electric vehicles. Something we were planning to talk about. Yeah, actually, like we sort of tried to build... Very interesting topic. Yeah, we tried to build some hype, hype about it in the last episode. It did so, work. No, no new subscriptions. So, <laughs> didn't really work. That failed. Yeah, but then we were thinking about the topic again sitting today on how difficult it would be to get electric cars in the mainstream and the thought was further reinforced by the fact that there was a power cut for five hours due to rains today that's Delhi for you right yeah so anyway so do you want to start off no <laughs> okay okay let me let me
0: okay so uh, let's talk about electric cars in India first so electric cars are here in India right we still thought that its going to come in sometime in the future five years six years but all of a sudden we are seeing that things are picking
1: up yeah right and and particularly in the last one one and a half year right i would say there have been multiple launches plus sort of conversation even in our circles right Right. a lot
0: of people who we never thought are going to talk about electric cars and all of a sudden right and all of a sudden they're interested in buying one Right. Not even talking about it, but buying one. Absolutely. They have been asking about the feasibility of if they can buy an electric car as their second vehicle. Right. So right. that's very, uh, what do
1: you say? Surprising and, and, and very quick progress, I would say. Even if it is not translating into numbers. And it is translating into numbers for a couple of products. Right. But even if it is not translating into numbers, it is, I would say, interesting to see that people, like the mainstream people who never spoke about any car or any motorcycle are suddenly talking about a new product, are suddenly right. talking about a new car.
0: Quite a few companies, Indian companies are getting into it in a big way. Tata,
1: right? Tata, uh, I think Mahindra as well. Mahindra so, as well, right. To give them, like among the mainstream companies, Mahindra was the first one uh, by buying out this Riva. Yeah, the company they acquired. Riva, bought Riva, introduced this E-Verito and um, E2O. Line of products. So of course they were the first ones, then followed by Tata. And then we have seen MG launching MG, right. launching their Z ZS or something electric car recently. Plus of of course Hyundai Kona. So yeah, so like all of a sudden we have good product and not just like electric cars for the heck of it. Like these are actually good products, couple of them.
0: but well, do you realize that uh India is slightly different than the Western markets? In Western markets like US or Europe, uh the transition uh began from higher ticket cars, more expensive cars. Uh, but india it's very encouraging that uh, it's happening at the you know lower sort of segment
1: mid tier
0: and and uh, do you also realize that there is much more action in the motorcycle segment uh, there
1: is but honestly i, I remember you now, telling me there are how many companies 36 36 36 companies yeah as i've been told 36 two wheeler electric brands in india operating and yet none of them have motorcycles that actually any of us are interested in.
0: So they're very, very
1: underpowered. That's what you want to mean. Underpowered? I mean, I'm not even seeing them in the mainstream. Mainstream. So even if they exist, I don't know, they exist somewhere in the creases. Okay. Yeah. I mean, 36 brands and I don't really see products from any one of them on a daily basis. Footers, I'm seeing quite a few. I mean, I recently I saw one in my uh, neighborhood the only ones I'm seeing are, are by these delivery guys and, and they are renting out from some companies that even they don't own them. They are simply renting out from some companies, simply the, the guys who can't afford to buy their own two wheelers. They're renting these out and the rental company simply gives them electric. Well, it, it
0: makes more sense for them as well. Yeah, yeah of course. But uh, if, if there are 36 companies working on it, I guess at least in the near future, we might see them more on the Indian roads. But having said that, we want to talk about the challenges, right? Right. Like, what are the challenges for
1: mass adoption of electric mobility? So, if we just look at India, there are very obvious challenges. Like, TNG vehicles came in long back. Right. And, of course, like Mumbai is way behind in terms of this, but at least speaking for the Delhi region, There are plenty of energy stations and yet there is not enough supply. The problem is an ideal scenario doesn't work for our country. Right. The the kind of scale we have, the the sheer number of us simply messes up everything. Like anything new you try to introduce, you can't really have enough of it. It's not a hidden fact that India is like really, what do I
0: say, like power deficient. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are frequent uh, power power carts and like uh, the, the 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 main thing which you need for electric cars is electricity right right and we don't have 24 I, I, hours I
1: think, I think i think i think sorry sorry to cut you in i think we are sort of jumping ahead i think we are sort of jumping ahead i mean this is not just a, the problem here this is this is a wider problem that we need to discuss at length but even before we get all there we need to talk about scale of course we'll will arrive at your point as well but uh, like like as we were talking about scale in india MG recently reported they got two thousand or something something bookings for the electric vehicle. True. Right? So for the sheer number of cars sold sold in India, two thousand is a rounding error. Literally a rounding error. Another factor is irrespective of how many cars we sell in India, and that is a lot. We are still a two wheeler first country. Right. Right. And any change, I would say a bit senseless to say that just electric cars won't bring about any change, but any significant measurable change would come about if there is a mass adoption of electric two-wheelers and not just four-wheelers in our country, speaking specific to India only. With that in place, we don't really see the infrastructure. Like how many charging stations have you seen? None. Very few. Not none, but very few. I've seen two which are in a five kilometer radius of my home. Okay. And that too, simply because I, I keep asking every cabbie. I mean, of course, all of these challenges exist here. You, you spoke about the power issues.
0: Scalability. See, my thing is scalability in India. Like we, sh- we cannot expect our market to transition as fast from IC engines, internal combustion engine to electric, purely electric cars, as compared to something like an American market or European market. So scalability, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure about scalability. But my thing is, like, even if you're selling two thousand cars yeah. a year, do you
1: have proper infrastructure to even support those two thousand cars? Exactly my point. Because our, our sheer scale sort of grounds down all of this. Right. right. But I something which is very uh, interesting is you see a lot of electric e-rickshaws, like e like they have really taken it up. Yeah. So. I mean, let's ditch the idealistic viewpoint for a second here. And first thing is, the, the, they are typically operating on fixed routes, So the, the, the electric rickshaws or electric sea wheelers that you see around here. And they are majorly unregulated. Correct. Right. Let's be honest, most of them are not being charged in the legal way. True, but I am. We are. We are talking about like transition yes.
0: and the challenges. So even if you, if if you take out, that is
1: that is not a transition. That is a money making opportunity spotted by someone. Like some guy is seeing that. Okay, I I simply have to invest a fixed amount. I'm I'm charging it. I
0: understand, but you that way you're taking out a lot of two stroke. Auto rickshaws from the road, maybe, or maybe even the CNG powered. Uh, honestly, honestly, uh, we don't have the number. But I, I'm seeing more action there, like from any other segment. Right. But
1: for any other segment, like cars or even motorcycles. Okay, maybe, maybe before we get to that, I, I think let's look at the west, like you said earlier. Let's look at what's happening in the West because typically we've seen where a- the transition is happening much faster. I, ex- exactly, like we have seen that a- makes more sense. Any new technology that comes out, anything that comes out, it typically starts with the Americas or the Europe, right? And then typically trickles down here. Like, like when we saw Uber first, you're like are people really going to use that here? Right. I even I was one of those naysayers
0: saying like Uber is not going to work here. Yeah. Initially I, I did, and and I,
1: at this at this point I I don't even remember how to actually get a normal right, cab. Right. And booking. A I camp. think I was staying
0: away from the subject. So yeah. So the challenges faced by
1: right so, electric cars let's or let's or look look at, a, let, let's look at US probably because I, I think that is the ideal case scenario because if I remember correctly I, I remember correctly actually in 2018. Two percent of the cars sold in US were electrics. Right, and more than half of these were Tesla. Obviously, so I mean, the, of course, that is a clear indicator of what is driving the market. Right, right. So yeah, yeah, you were talking about the the Americas. For that, we need to rewind back about
0: a what a decade back, right? And where I mean, Tesla came into the
1: scene.
0: That, I think. Tesla came into the scene. Let's start from there. And uh, how Tesla managed to put a positive spin on electric cars because before that, people had a very negative outlook about electric cars and hybrids. People hated it. Even us,
1: even us. Right,
0: even I hated it, right?
1: Uh And Tesla managed to completely change that. Sorry, sorry to cut you on in between. Uh, Have you realized we haven't managed to finish even one episode to record even one episode without mentioning Tesla on this podcast so far? I I don't think so if that's even possible. Uh, yeah, of course. We are talking about the auto tech space. I mean, they they are the point. they are leading it, right? Yeah, but but anyway, anyway. So so going back a couple of years, maybe a decade, maybe six seven years, there was a time Tesla, like after the Roadster, of course, Roadster was Roadster was, was Roadster anyway. was initially testing the waters. I would say Roadster was putting out an arrival statement. Right, right. But let, let's look at the the point from the point Model S. Model S came into yeah. the scene, right? Sort of started off in a way where it was a performance product plus it was priced at a point like it was priced at almost what eighty thousand ninety thousand dollars in a twenty five thousand dollar market right right so it sort of attracted a premium clientele right. plus people who could afford to have multiple cars like these people started adopting model as they started liking it and, and the word of mouth spread leading to where we are now i think celebrities
0: and tech world particularly the silicon valley like, they were also the first buyers of tesla roadster and then absolutely absolutely and then somehow they they, they picked up the tesla model yeah, s and,
1: and that's the thing like because people see buying their favorite and, and at this point i would say the the tech leaders are as much as celebrities and influencers as the the hollywood stars so this, this transition started and if you look at a few years ago, things were great for, I would say, the, the EV converts. Right. They Like even if you're living in a sort of apartment complex, it was fine. You had supercharger networks, to supercharger right. networks that were available to you for free.
0: By Tesla, right.
1: By, by Tesla, yes. Uh, of course, so Tesla created the product and parallel to the path they were taking for mass products, they were also rapidly expanding their right. supercharger network. Right. right. And like five years ago, things were beautiful for them. Like it was very rosy word for them because even if you're li- living in an apartment, like I said, you have the supercharger network. You, If you're one, working for one of the tech companies, you if have... If you were
0: living in my, one of the major cities, it wasn't a problem for you at all.
1: Right, right. You have premium parking slots with electric charging in your offices. Right. right. In all likelihood, you've got some sort of discount or like rebate from your government right and in many cases actually cash incentives from the employers as well right so a lot of tech companies if you if you are aware they're absolutely
0: of- right because uh in 2015 my brother who is right now in seattle but back then he was in san francisco and uh, he wanted to pick up a tesla model s he was really interested in it and somehow i i Blame me for that. But I, somehow man, told him not to buy it and go for a BMW 5 Series. And he went for that. But anyway, because he what he said was the incentives on it and the kind of things on offer with a Tesla Model S is really exciting and interesting. And a lot of people did. His
1: colleagues went for Tesla Model S. Right. And at that point, he was absolutely right. Right. But fast forward to today. So the same guy who was very happy with the premium parking in office now wakes up 30 minutes earlier. Right. (laughs) He scrambles through his coffee and reaches office only to realize the the parking slots, the electric parking slots that were available Right. are now taken up. So
0: he races to the office just to, you know, secure the parking spot. (laughs) Uh, With the electric charging and
1: that gives rise to office rage. Parking rage, if you can call it. And sorry, sorry, you're just looking at the negative of it. There are also new friendships being made for swapping the parking slots during the lunchtime. I
0: don't know. I haven't seen that.
1: But I have, I have heard. So
0: my, my brother's on Amazon and he keeps telling me that there's always, there's always fights going on for the the parking spot. Uh, with the electric charging station and haven't we even seen that in uh, that uh, sitcom what is that
1: silicon valley silicon valley yes oh oh, of course guilfoyle blocking up the parking lot and it is something which is happening and if if you think this is just the case with with like office blocks with with limited charging capabilities Mm, you're wrong like people are actually forcing themselves to waste time at at uh, shops like like Whole Foods and everything Right. just so that they can squeeze in some more electrons into their cars. Right. Electrons. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys uh, must have seen the, the video doing the rounds of the internet of like supercharger stations being blocked for almost like half a mile or one mile. Right. There are apps for that
0: to tell you where the charging stations are free, where you can go. But still, you know, you have to ch- like travel... Long out of your range. Yeah, basically you have to burn
1: range to get more range, right. only to be disappointed. Right. For so that, are people like that.
0: might say that you know it's just the beginning, and more charging stations are going to come up in the future. But then let's
1: let's be let's be very realistic. Let let's be very realistic that there there has been plenty of catching up, and of course Tesla is trying to do more. Right. The government is trying to but do this, more. This problem is happening with only two percent sale. Right,
0: electric cars like 98% of cars are still and sold sorry, pickups sorry, this,
1: and and this was just 2% in 2018 2018 right like, like we are talking about cars sold over decades right and of that i i'm sure it will be a fraction of a percent right I, I i don't know i i don't have
0: the figures but somehow we want like we are talking about the transition to be much faster the percentage of electric vehicles on the road has to be much higher to reduce our carbon footprint and let's not jump into the what is green and what is not let's not talk no, no, I'm not talking about that but I'm just saying that even with a two percentage two percent sale in 2018 the number of cars which like very limited cars on the roads which are electric cars right and, and still I know, we're
1: already seeing the the problems and like, there is a massive push from the governments from the organizations all over for more electric vehicles and over the last two years how many imagine imagine the kind of impact imagine the kind of scaled up scenarios like this will come up when that happens like imagine if instead of this two percent it was eight to ten percent of i don't
0: know if it two percent it's that bad eight percent i don't know it's the system might just you know so fall and, apart
1: and and this is again you need to note this is america which where space is not as much a problem in many parts neither is electricity neither is electricity nor is the i would say uh upgrade the infrastructure right exactly like there's a lot of sponsor uh, like funds there are there are no third world issues like like the the government is out of money like that let's just talk about space right let's let's talk about europe yeah, th- we have seen that, and it's not just about space, like like we're talking about now. This has affected how we have evolved over the years. How right. our products have evolved over the years. You like get right. American cars against European cars. Right. You'll simply know why why European cars are compact and functional, and American frugal and frugal. And, and frugal and frugal and frugal and American cars are big and brash simply because of how the people making those cars, how the people evolving around those right. cars. have dealt with the surroundings
0: right i can't even think about something similar happening in uk uk we know that land as a resource is very very restricted right right now imagine how many charging stations can you
1: come up in in in, and around london and and like even if you can come up with charging stations let's not even jump into the the supply and power no no, i'm just talking about land like even if you acquire enough land to have as many charging stations, or maybe even twice the number of charging stations as there are fuel stations, that in the current form, electric cars as they are now right. can't be the future simply because at a petrol station, you're spending what one minute, maximum of three minutes refueling. Right, need. right, right. Even at the current number of fuel stations, even if you replace them entirely with electrics, It is not working out. It's not working out. It cannot. It cannot because it's... Again, if you have gotten the impression so far that we are very anti-electric cars, we are not. No, we are not. We absolutely, like I speaking for myself, I absolutely love the idea of a car that is quicker. First thing. Second thing, I don't have to take to service as often because like, let's be realistic, in our cars, in our motorcycles... Simply the benefits of electric cars are... Far too much to actually dismiss them. But... The only point we are trying to make is, as they are now, electric cars are not the future. There has to be some massive change, more or less a revolution, a a technological revolution, I would say, that would actually leave us in a spot where electric cars can be the future. But in current form, no. So the reason we are talking about land as a resource
0: is because, imagine, like, you're rushing off to the office in the morning, right? You have to reach by 9 o'clock, you have to punch in. And you need to desperately charge your car. Right. And then you have to, you're scampering for a charging station just to get even like 20% of ch- But everything is, you know, jam-packed. What do you do? So that is one
1: of the main reasons. Like Even before this scenario, you also need to account for the fact that the, the time of some of us actually cost a lot more. Like we are chilling around here. Burning our time recording this podcast simply because our time doesn't cost as much as for, for some other people. Right. And imagine the, the CEOs and CTOs and CMOs of companies are actually spending 30 minutes at a supercharger station or at a supermarket. Right. Slow sipping their coffee. Right. So that they can get some charge. Just in their to car. get some
0: range in, in their car. Right.
1: Exactly. So so imagine, imagine the kind of financial impact this right. thing has.
0: To which you might, actually a lot of people or listeners might say like, then again, we can charge our cars at home. So we, the reason why we didn't come up to that uh, topic is, let's, let's. Because we are coming up to that now. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we are going to talk about right now. Right. So actually, let's, let's, let's start with that.
1: So yeah, apart from all these challenges, let's uh these are we, we are talking about charging stations on the road and your offices yeah so basically so far we were talking about the scenarios for EV converts who can't really have a setup at home like they've got they basically live in apartments or they maybe live in rented setups where whatever whatever what like yeah but maybe let's look at scenarios where people can actually have a charging setup at home right. right and even for the charging st- this this actually applies for the charging stations as well, as well right. so, yeah so first thing is where is the power coming from
0: right power grids
1: i'm, I'm not talking about the distribution i'm talking about the sources yeah power okay. stations if like in the case of india majority is thermal power station you have anyway not moved much in the cleaner direction but rather the the tailpipe emission that would have been coming out of your car is Simply stacking up in a small town somewhere. Right, that is an important factor to consider. What the source is. I mean, if a lot of it is renewable. I mean, the great. same same
0: is the case with America, right? Let's
1: not talk about the Scandinavian countries, which
0: uh, generate a lot of power through renewable like wind, right. wind and uh, tidal energy. Right. But in America, now after Fukushima happened most of these countries are trying to move away from nuclear power.
1: Right. Actually, a lot of countries are not renewing Germany, America right they're all moving towards back to thermal they're power they're going back to coal power now actually right. like when when their nuclear powers are uh, nuclear power plants are being decommissioned right. they're not bothering to actually renew them or rather revamp them to right. to newer standards but instead going back to thermal power like, like coal in, power and in this scenario so many of these countries right now are either
0: Balanced or power surplus, even power surplus if they are Yeah, they're marginally powerful Even if they are, I'm saying even if they are But we are not accounting for the number of
1: electric cars That are going to come on onto the road in the next 10 years Right, exactly And even if you account for it at supply level, and again, this applies for both home charging or... Everything, charging, everything. Or charging
0: station. You have to charge it somewhere, right? Yeah. It has to come from somewhere. Even if
1: you have accounted for that particular supply at the, the generation level, are, are grids equipped for that? Nope. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I haven't done the mathematics like neither. I, 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 think- I, did, I did a quick uh, sort of
0: math. Mass- I don't know. Even if, let's say, a scenario where 10% of the cars are electric, uh, do our electric power generation, uh, the, the companies and the power stations and the grid, can they really support it?
1: So you can consider uh, like charging a, a basic electric car. I'm not even talking uh, batteries in the size of Tesla, in the size of Tesla territory. Right. I'm talking something like a, a Nexon EV or a 35 a Fona, like, Yeah, 30 to 40 S- kilowatt Smaller size. Kilowatt kind of uh, capacity. Uh, they take about as much power as a, uh, a basic room air conditioning unit do. Right. Now... That's at
0: very trickle uh, slow charging. Yeah, that's slow where, charging. Where that, that 35 uh, kilowatt hour battery takes about what 15 hours, 13 hours to just charge.
1: Yeah, so again, it works out comparable because our AC is running overnight when we are sleeping. But <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so we are practically... Like imagine if everyone is adopting electric cars, we are practically adding that many number of new... ACs in our neighborhoods. Right. Right. And even if, like, like, if we look at the India numbers, we sold what 44 lakh cars in 2018, like, even if 10% of that four and a half lakh cars, right. Already don't have enough power. Like we, Until now, you're we talking about the Americas where where they have a bit of surplus. India, power That's power. what we started with.
0: India is seriously power deficit country. Right.
1: Like, that's what I, I started off with today. I, I had a power cut of four hours in my home just because of a simple... But again, we're
0: talking just of the scenario of you charging... We charging the car at our home at very slow pace. Right. We're, but none of us want to do that. We all... Like, we can't leave our car for 12 13 hours for charging right no. it it can only happen if it, it 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 can only work in the case of if it is your second car or you uh completely depend on Uber or something like that you you can leave you can leave your car charging overnight that is fine I would say we will not be comfortable leaving our cars for on charge for 12 hours if it
1: is our primary car I mean may, I maybe maybe that is a sacrifice we would still have to Sort of learn to make. Maybe maybe that is something that we have to learn to live with. But even bigger problem than that is power consumption patterns. Because for a whole country, like imagine if even half the people buying the car, putting them up for charge, like all of them will be putting them up for charge at night. At night, yeah. It will be the same around the world. All the cars will practically be going on charge in a pattern. Like power assumptions right. will not be consistent. There, there will be sp- uh, spikes on the weekend when people are stepping out for sure. Right. There will be spikes when people are going for sleep at the night. And we not only have to ensure that there is enough power to juice all of these cars, but we also have to ensure that this power that is charging them up is coming in the most efficient manner while ensuring that it is adding the least carbon footprint. Yeah, that's that's true. Because typically the spikes or the additional power is not handled by your solar power sources or hydraulic power right. sources. But again, uh,
0: home charging, I am I am talking about much like simpler issues. But again, this is India we are talking about, but America, right? Even, uh, so I was uh, listening to this podcast by Matt Farah. And he was talking that how difficult is it to, you know, get your uh, power company, your city uh, to give you extra, to to draw that much extra power power from the grid. It is very difficult. And now this, again, coming back to the same scenario where it is just 2% cars in one year. Imagine how many cars that you add. If all the cars in your building or in your block are all electric cars, will your city... Let you draw that much electricity power from the grid.
1: Exactly, like
0: the math doesn't add up. I mean, exactly. simply even if you did, like,
1: imagine, imagine every car owner in the city, and like now we are talking uh, in in our whole country, forty-four lakh cars, like four point four million cars. Right. We are talking about suddenly disappearing and changing into four point four million new ACs. Right. Right. Do we have that kind of power to give? Even
0: industries. <laughs> We have industries, we have complete societies still running on diesel gensets.
1: Exactly. Like the moment you step outside of the the key cities, Delhi and Mumbai, you have power cuts, you have lack of power, you have businesses, you have factories running on diesel generator. How silly
0: would it be, right? To charge your electric car from power generated from a diesel set.
1: But anyway, I, I think we are building far too much on the negatives. Like. We have oh, all Not negatives, things. it is the challenges we are yes, talking about. Challenges, which, but then of, of course we, we are painting a very negative picture here, even by highlighting the challenges. So that's why we, we offer... The see. reason is because if
0: you see the transition is being pushed very rapidly. How many cars over uh, over the last two years that were showcased at the major expos, automobile shows, were IC engine power cars. They were all pretty much electrics, right? So many of them. And like Geneva Motor Show, 2019... Haven't we talked about much, maybe? I, I'm talking about the theme. Like 2019, yeah. Geneva Motor Show, yeah. Frankfurt Motor Show, LA Motor Show, like Shanghai Motor Show, Tokyo Motor Show, they were all basically completely about electric cars. So that, what it tells you is the push for electric cars is is like very aggressive. So what they're trying to do is they want to... Like by 2030, 20, 20, 2040, 20, they want... Majority of the cars on the road to be electric.
1: And, and eh, just a second. So, if you remember, our, our government had, had announced. Okay, had announced. And then they went back on it. Oh, oh, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Like, so, I, I, remember they had announced that we'll move to electric, all, all electric cars by 2030, and all electric two wheelers by 2024. Yeah, and. Then, <laughs> I mean, and, eh, eh, just a second. Just a second. Even at this point, Cyan and I, both of us, can't choose a single motorcycle, a single electric motorcycle that is uh, that is on sale in our country. In our country, no. Yeah, like I can't put my money. Even if I'm getting it for free, I I won't choose any of the electric motorcycles on our on sale in our country. Right, that was a foolish statement. And more importantly, I I don't understand why they decided to have much tighter timelines for two-wheelers and uh, more lenient timelines for uh, four-wheelers because we have already seen more progress in four-wheelers globally and in India. And
0: the timeline was much more aggressive as compared to countries like Scandinavian countries which are buying electric cars in record numbers. Right. (laughs) Still, Still much more aggressive than them. Anyway, so let's now, like, let's come to the last section of this podcast. So what are the solutions that we can come up for these these
1: we can i wouldn't say we can come up with but
0: as in we i'm talking about the automobile industry of the world
1: we of course have been discussing this like discussing these challenges with with folks from the industry a lot of our friends who work with the auto companies so of course we got we got different kind of answers right battery swapping was one answer we we sort of heard often
0: Many companies are trying to do that. That that's the direction they're taking. But again, then we, you and me both, we don't think that's a very feasible idea.
1: Yeah, for like a variety of regions, you look outside on a road in a typical metro city in India. The the idea might make sense for a for a couple of seconds to you because at first the electric vehicles you'll see will be electric. Contraptions, three wheeled or four wheeled. Right. Electric
0: rickshaws we are talking about. Yeah.
1: Electric rickshaws or uh, luggage carriers, that kind of stuff. And just looking at them, they might make se- It might make sense to you. Okay. Okay. Battery swapping can work for them. Right. But the moment you look at a, a electric car, sophisticated
0: electric car,
1: like a, not even sophisticated, a basic electric car, a proper electric car. <laughs> I mean, like something as basic as the Nexon EV or even the, the Mahindra E2O it stops making sense right because
0: batteries
1: are very heavy right yeah. they are
0: big yeah. and even the technology that exists right now
1: so batteries are heavy now what is what does heavy i'll, I'll, I'll give you a perspective i'll give you a perspective a model 3 uh, I, I think weighs around 1.8 tons right that is pretty much what the lightest car of tesla Pretty much the same as an Audi Q3. Actually, that is more than what an Audi Q3 weighs.
0: So, so battery pack in an electric car is the heaviest part. Right. For a car to handle properly, it has to be placed as low as possible. And as distributed as possible. And distributed properly for the car to handle and perform properly. Right. So, that's why all the battery packs are majorly placed at the floor of the car. Between the axles. Now, the moment you get to replaceable, uh, swappable batteries, that entire idea goes out of the window.
1: Yeah, I mean, to have swappable batteries, you need to have them more accessible. Accessible, right. Right. So they either have to be in the front or the back, or maybe even split between front and back. But that first messes around with physics. And you don't mess with physics. Right. And I would say an equally bad problem is safety. Right. Like in the floor, they are safe from crashes, impact from any direction. They're designed in that way. Yeah, they're designed in a way to be away from potential crash scenarios, potential damage scenarios. But in the front or in the back, they're they are simply more prone to damage in case, in event of a crash. And right. Of course, we all have seen countless scenarios Right. So basically,
0: what we are trying to say is, from the design and uh, your engineering perspective, uh, swappable so batteries is not a very clever idea.
1: More importantly, so appable batteries would require all the manufacturers to be on oh, the again, common
0: standards. Very, very, very interesting. Very important topic. Right.
1: There have been many examples in our history, and like many, many that we keep seeing even today, that determining standards actually sort of kills innovation. Right, it slows down. It slows it down. Be- because because you are making swappable batteries, you'll you'll simply order everyone... Like, someone has to come in. In, in all likelihood, it will be the regulators or the governments or all over. They'll simply order everyone to co- stick to a common standard. First thing, how will the standard be determined for, for batteries? I mean, of course, obviously, lobbying, it all takes place. Right. So, first thing, there will be a common standard. Someone will have to bear the cost. I mean, the standard whatever standards will be picked will be from one of the existing ones. Right. So some company will gain, some company will lose out. Right. That is a problem. Second thing is when everyone is on the same standard and has to follow the same standard, the brands, the startups, the innovators, the the people who are actually driving the transition here will stop or at least slow down their pace of creating something new. And, And we are
0: at a very nascent stage and we cannot right now at least... Slow down. We do not have that uh, luxury to slow down right now.
1: Battery swapping can't be the answer simply because at this point, we need more innovators to play around. We need more companies to throw in their money at small startups doing wonderful things.
0: Right. So what is the other solution?
1: I I think maybe you see some sort of new revolutionary battery technology, supercapacitors. I was
0: reading a lot about solid state batteries as well and supercapacitors and things like that, which would charge faster. Mostly these, they're they're trying to make it smaller, more power dense and charge faster
1: power density is the major problem i mean it still doesn't answer the question about how the grid power will be managed or how the power sources will be true but but maybe maybe that is a problem being worked on being solved as we are talking and we but again we were discussing
0: me and Akshay were discussing this a couple of days back even if they are made very very fast can you make them as fast as filling petrol in your car
1: Anything slower would actually. We we don't really know the we don't really know the limits yet. I mean, honestly, we don't I know, know, but
0: at least in the foreseeable future, I don't think so. Even the claimed figures by the companies who are working on it uh, with very broad timelines, even what the figures which they give is like ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Imagine cars hogging up stations for fifteen minutes.
1: But see, you you need to look at the other side as well. Like, we have we have come down from 14, 15 hours, 16 Okay, hours. no, no. We circle back to the… So, my, my, my point is just that we, we have come this far. Of course, like, this is the, the last stretch or rather this is the last leg and the toughest to cross. But maybe, like, we have come so far, maybe we will we'll reach stretch up, up a bit ahead as well.
0: So, this is what you were trying to say. But see, here… Is where I want to differ with you. My The way I see things which uh, the direction where EV technology and electric mobility is heading is. I think electric mobility is only sustainable when it's restricted to only mass transport.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, you can... So, are you saying like driverless cars and electric so let me let me paint you a picture for for you right here
0: exactly what we were talking like 10% of all cars on the road if they are electric the entire with technology what is there right now the the system will break down right there aren't enough power stations things like that blah blah all the things which we talked about so i what i think is even if the technology gets better still uh, no way can we sustain all cars to be electric In that scenario, what works? I think uh, the only thing which works here is if the entire, the mobility is like... Like mobility as a service sort of thing. Right. Like like Uber basically in a more polished form. Maybe buses, trains and everything being electric. If a car or anything whatever your your mobility solution is it has to at least fit in like what 20 people 30 people 40 people you cannot have individual cars with a single person inside being electric or our infrastructure simply cannot even sustain 10 15% of it we are we are now we are talking about even in 20 years in the future transitioning to 50 60 70% the way i see it is public mobility uh, what do you say electric uh, mobility can only be sustainable if it is restricted
1: to two. maybe. But but what what you are suggesting would also require a whole rethink and redesign and changing mindsets as well. Before, before mindset whole restructure and design of the the cities. How our cities are built, how our cities are designed. Because it won't just be a network of say buses or uh like electric driverless cars. It would sort of be a hybrid system of a base, I would say, spine of the transportation, and then branches feeding into them. Right. Yeah. So it will be an even more complicated. So. I, mean, I don't true. think so. No, it's not going going to be
0: complicated. I I feel it's not gonna be very complicated. But my point is uh, mindset. Changing mindset. Like we are petrol heads. Like we'll, again, we add pet, petrol in the petrol head thing. Right? <laughs> we are not like motorhead or gearhead, whatever. So changing mindsets to mass adopt public transport in the form of electric mobility. I think that would be also a very big challenge. But as I see it, I think that's the only solution. You can't have individual electric cars. Yeah,
1: le- let me let me ride my motorcycle seven, eight times a month, I'm happy. Um, um otherwise I'm anyway happy going around in an Uber or whatever. But yes, I sort of buy into what you're saying. So I think let's let's draw it to a close here with a conclusion. So either we are, or rather, we need to have very radical transformation in the current crop of electric vehicles. Right. Although Cyan is not convinced even that would help. Or maybe this is the absolute last of personal transportation that we are seeing. That's what I think. So, I mean, we don't know yet. We are just speculating. speculating. If you know better, we would like the answers. And if you know better, in fact, just ring us up. We'll have you on the podcast. We'll replace Cyan with you. Oh, man. <laughs> so, I, I guess that's it for this episode then. hopefully we'll have some
0: i think uh, you you like the topic we discussed today we were pretty excited about it but we do guarantee you that we'll come up with a much exciting topic for the next next episode
1: Oh, of course. That's a promise we are going to make every time. Are you going to hype Even it? if we don't.
0: Are you going to hype the next, next week's? <laughs>
1: I, I have no clue what we're doing next time. <laughs> I have absolutely no clue. Okay. But anyway, subscribe us on whatever platform you're using. The feedback has been very good and the number of
0: lessons to our episodes has also been very, very encouraging. We were not expecting and uh, so it's very good. Thank you and keep supporting us.
1: Yeah and write in if you have any other feedback or just leave a review or whatever. We are we are listening everywhere. Not listening like like Facebook listening. I think it's time. Okay, thank you for listening. Bye bye. Okay bye.